0: So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matey and welcome to the Active Atlanta podcast. What is up Atlanta and welcome back to the
1: Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host Doc Jake Soar and today y'all we have Jasmine Bradfield with us. She is um, just a wealth of knowledge. She's a doula, a yoga instructor, and a women's wellness coach. She's the owner and founder of Atlanta Birthworks and guys I'm so excited to get her on here and to help educate us and give us a little bit more of her background and how she's helping keep the women of Atlanta healthy. So uh, without further ado Jasmine thank you so much for getting on the podcast. Hey I've
2: been looking forward to it. Thank you for having me.
1: I know, man, it's been on our calendar for a minute. I, I was super excited to get this one rocking. Uh, you know, we uh, literally just got home from traveling for Labor Day not too long ago. And uh, man, I was like racing the clock trying to get back so we could get on this podcast because I was like, I can't reschedule it. It's been on there for way too long.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, last Tuesday, I looked at the calendar. It was like, oh, it's next Tuesday. I was so ready. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's let's dive into it. So, uh, okay, Atlanta BirthWorks. It offers a lot of services. Um what are what are some of the things that you're really proud of? If I'm sure it's all of it, but like kind of give me some like background on Atlanta Birthworks and some of your motivation for uh, founding this company.
2: Yeah, I'm actually Atlanta native. I um, spent most of my adult life in the city of Atlanta specifically, and that's kind of where the name comes from. And then nice. um, I'm a women's wellness specialist that works around birth work, but I do work with women at all stages of their womanhood. So that's how the name came together. And, nice. here yeah, <laughs> and here we are. Yes, here we are. A lot of my work is based on the uh, native parts of the traditions of where they come from and honoring the traditions that people have in their, in their journeys through birth and parenthood.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Well, first of all. uh, it's a rarity to find someone from Atlanta so I'm happy that we're talking one here I feel like most I feel like so I'm from Ohio and I feel like I know more people from Ohio and Atlanta than I know that are actually from Atlanta in Atlanta um it all routes back to Ohio in some capacity but um, you
2: gotta dig deep in the red clay to find some of them
1: that's right that's right um, well, interesting. So when you say, uh, you want to meet someone where like, you know, where their native roots are like, w- what do you mean by that? Like, uh, like in terms of like what they're comfortable with or like what they're used to? Like, what do you mean by that as surrounding like their birth experience or just their womanhood in general?
2: Yeah, in two different extremes. It could be somebody that's just very attached to the Atlantic culture. And um, that's why they are kind of attracted to my business, because there's a lot of things that I just know about the city being here so long. So I Mm -hmm. can navigate around what hospitals are best for your kind of character or your uh, wishes. Um, And then on the other extreme, it may be that I'm honoring something that may be part of your religious preference or your cultural preference. So Uh, maybe you don't, or maybe you want everybody to wear white at your birth. And that's something that's very easy for me because, uh, that's part of my business is honoring the traditions that you come with.
1: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So then, (laughs) I mean, it's such a nice personalized touch and such a personalized, uh, experience, right. Or personal experience, I should say. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's super interesting. I was, I was, uh, having this conversation not too long ago where, um, I think one of the better things that, that came from the pandemic uh, is is the the whole idea that like your the labor room has to be like a revolving door for family members to be popping in and out of. You know, like um, I I loved that it was just my wife and I and then the medical staff that was in the room, and I couldn't imagine having just you know moms and aunts and everyone else coming in the door. I was like, Phew, man, this is this yeah. is I like this.
2: Yeah, 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 and that's part of how. It leads into my work is teaching parents how to advocate for themselves so not only advocating for yourself and against the medical staff but teaching your families what's working for you and the boundaries that are you're you're setting going into parenthood
1: mm, man, that's so interesting and, and a tough one, right like mm-hmm. um, I think it's a tough transition on both sides of the coin of uh um of the kids becoming parents right like uh, kids being a relative term of course and then um, and then the parents becoming grandparents, right? Like that's a different role. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a role of growth and complements to the, everything that they've learned over parenthood, but it is a different role, right? Um, yeah. what are some, what are some of the toughest or what are the most common, like boundaries that need to be set that, you know, some people kind of struggle with? Or is there like a common theme of people like asking you, how do I have, what type of boundaries should I set or which one is most beneficial for the, for the new parent or parent to be?
2: That's a great question. And you touched on it a little bit. Like, the thing is that this is your parent, but you're, you're now a parent, and your parents trying to protect their kid, and you're trying to protect your kid. So it just becomes this loop, right? Yeah, and I found the best way to kind of uh, mitigate that loop is to give your parents a task, give them a role in it. Um, if you know that you're going to be home for a while after your birth, or if it's going to be a long stint for your maternity leave, have them cook your meals. They love caring for their kids, right? Mm. If they're not the best cook, then maybe their role is taking care of the other sibling. Um, (laughs) So giving them a role helps them feel empowered and part of the birth, but also gives you the boundary and lets them know where you need them versus them just kind of suffocating you in your new experience. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh man, that's so true. And, you know, uh, uh, oddly enough, everything comes back to communication, right? Like you need to have some good communication. Um, and I actually really like the idea of giving your parents, like giving them a role, right? Like a lot of times when, uh, maybe this is, this is a, maybe this is a me thing, but I, I feel like a lot of times when, when the thought of boundaries come up, it's like, you're stopping someone from doing something right. Um, you're, you're drawing a line in the sand, right? Like you don't cross this line or, or whatever. Right. Um, And I really like the idea of taking a bound the conversation around boundaries and using that to empower an individual, uh, not just the one setting the boundaries, but the one receiving them as well. Um, Yeah, that's a really, really cool tactic. I like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. If they're busy cooking, they're not busy in your face, you know, (laughs) telling you what to do with your kid.
1: (laughs) That's so true. And you know, it's interesting, we, uh, you know, my my mother is a, uh, she's a uh, lifelong L&D nurse, right? Um, She's uh, she's put on this earth to be a, a caretaker. Right. Um, and uh, my sister's an L&D nurse, like it just runs in our family. And um, man, it dang near killed her when I was like, well, give us give us like two weeks after the baby's born. <laughs> and then you can come down, right? Like, uh, and then you can yeah. come. like, because uh, it, it was super tough, because like, um, you know, in her world, like it, one, like L&D is just her world, right? Like, that's just feel super comfortable there. And then, uh, but for us it's brand new and we just became new parents. And, uh, we really wanted to try to treasure like that, that first week or two with just being ourselves or just the, with this, this new like world that we're in. Cause I do feel like, uh, becoming a parent and this is just being from the dad's side. I couldn't imagine coming from the mom side, but, uh, becoming a new parent. It's like, uh, it's like in the matrix when you take the red, like, uh, do you want to take the red pill or blue pill? Right? Like, do you want to see everything or forget everything? Um, it's like a whole new world gets opened up to you. Right. And uh, and it is different. It is unique, but um, this time around though, it's and it changes with every kid I can feel like, because this time around, man, any parent that any family member wants to come down like right away. Cause we got a, we got a little one, right. We got a little one year old. Uh, <laughs> someone needs to be caring after that person. Right. So yeah. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. You made a great point. Um, that boundary that you're creating helps create, make you a better parent so in this example that first week that you bring baby home they're teaching you their new language Um, if you have a lot of visitors and such then the language kind of gets interrupted from you mom and or Mm -hmm. mom and dad and baby so you're not having the ear to tune into baby well enough to hear what that cry means so a week or two later Maybe mom has learned it, grandma has learned it, and you haven't, or everybody's gone, and baby's crying, and we haven't tuned in well enough to, to yeah. understand what that cry means because we had so many distractions. Yeah. So it, it it's a great way to, like I said, empower yourself and also empower your parenthood.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think that's amazing. Um, And then, so... <sighs> How do you like to deliver? So outside of like the customization of, of how you like to meet people with where they're at, re- uh, regardless of that's culturally, religiously, uh, just informationally. Right. Like um, how do you really like to support uh, a person um, in their um, uh, we'll, we'll stick on the topic of birth right now. I know we, we will expand outside of that here in a minute, but around their birthing process, like as a doula. What do you, do you focus more on the prenatal, the postnatal, the actual birthing process, all of, or the labor process, all of it? Like, uh, how do you like to kind of work with these women here?
2: Yeah. So there's like four components that I have to touch. Um, and that's educating my clients. Um, that's teaching them how to advocate for themselves, uh, and then physical and emotional support. And then, like you mentioned that can show up in prenatal that can show up in the birth space itself. And then that can show up again in postpartum. And yes, mm-hmm. I, I have worked in all capacity.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, uh, man, I feel like one of the biggest spots that I noticed uh, or that I felt may makes this could just be a mean thing, but the, one of the biggest things I felt like was the most like, Whoa, what type of moment, uh, was the, uh, postpartum sex side of things, right? Like, I feel like there's always like, you know, you're getting ready for a game, right? Like everybody, everybody's like, uh, you know, you have like, you, you go through all these court cor- or all these classes and these courses on the birthing process and how to get ready for everything. And then all of a sudden you're in that postpartum room and you're like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like all, all of a sudden you just have like a, you know, you have like these nurses that'll come in or like these hospital personnel that'll come in. You don't really know what's kind of going on. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you're on your own. Right. Like that. And I yeah. and it's, it's like all of a sudden, like the game's over. You don't really know what the next steps are.
2: That's such a great example. And I use a lot of that um, language and metaphor, basketball metaphor in my um, teachings because it yeah. just makes it make sense. Totally. <laughs> Especially when I'm talking to dads, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I get that.
2: <laughs> but you're so right. Immediate postpartum and then. Again, that letdown when everybody's done seeing the new babies, done seeing new mom, and yeah. then you're just kind of in this space of, okay, who's going to help me do this? It's, yeah. it's, it, it, um, it's amazing what happens because also hormonally your body lets go of a lot. So yeah. your 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 mood has let go of a lot of oxytocins and things. You don't have those things that boost you up to the place that you're so happy to have this kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can't wait to go you through the process.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, well, what do I do with this kid? And that's a different hormone that kicks in. So um, it is so very important to not only monitor, but educate about that stage of it mm-hmm. um, and then have the physical and emotional support there because uh, there's like I said, the release of hormones, but also you need the physical support of caring for the baby, whether you had a C-section or vaginal birth, being able to move around and do things with that child.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you, um, so then just out of curiosity, do you, uh, do you do both in home or home births as help out with home births, as well as hospital based births?
2: Absolutely. Yes.
1: Cool. And then what's some of the decision-making with like, uh, if somebody wants to go, like, have you ever had somebody just think that they'd want to go, at home and then they end up being in the hospital or vice versa, like, um, or like what are some of the decision-making pe- or help somebody make that decision, right? Like or assist them and give them the information to make that decision. Um, what What are some of the like thought processes that go in to the benefits of a home birth versus hospital and vice versa?
2: I think um, this is one of the benefits I've also found of being a native here is understanding hmm. the landscape and um, what hospitals are around. So I don't have to have an opinion of hospitals as much as inform you of what kind of care you might get at this hospital versus another, or what um, supplies they use versus another. So that's one way that I help make the decision. And then the other way is helping a person understand themselves. So Mm. maybe we talk about your learning style. Maybe we talk about um, what makes you comfortable. Are you the type of person that understands medicine? Are you the type of person that's comfortable in that environment? if that's more you, then you probably are more comfortable in a hospital setting. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you are not so much have a fear or have understood the comforts of your home, you've understood birth and the process of birth and you're ready to face that, maybe you're ready to try a home birth. And I say try because you might change your mind yeah. at some point in the midst yeah. of that, you know? Yeah. And then, Again, learning the landscape. I know that we have a birth center here. So maybe you're somewhere in between. You're not mm-hmm. so much, you know, looking for the freedom of being at home and doing it in your terms as you are uh uh trying to have a medical birth, but you want to be somewhere in between where you get the home setting
1: with yeah. the medical
2: kind of staff, the bridge between.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So so helpful. I should have I wish I would have known who you were when we were going through all this, you know. Like we're not <laughs> from Atlanta and it was our first time being parents. We're like, Whoa. I guess we'll just do this, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just child in there, roll the dice. And that's usually how it is. You know, childbirth is a whole culture of things that you have to learn. But you usually yeah. don't pick up the first book about it or think about it until your first kid.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then like, you know what was interesting? I don't know if this is is it, I don't know if this is common or not, but like we went through because we're not from Atlanta, right? Like we got a we had got a number of different recommendations and then we went and talked to you a number of different, like we had our first appointment at a number of different places. Right. And then, uh, and then found the one that we liked, like, Ooh, we'll go with this one. And they're like, when, uh, we told people or like when we were told the provider, like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, we've talked with this team or this team or this team, they're like, Oh, you've had multiple appointments. It like blew their mind that we're like sampling what it's going to be like, essentially, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but I think that was super helpful because we did find out things that we didn't like that you would help people out with naturally, you know, like, save us a lot of time, effort, and resources, right? Where, um, you know, we were like, oh, well, we don't like that. Uh, we really like this provider, but we didn't like that there, that it was uh, only, only MDs on this squad or like, um, oh, we didn't like how this squad only had midwives. Right. And like uh, we actually ended up on a team that we really liked the medical provider, uh, our main medical provider, which doesn't really mean all that much at the end of the day. I think I've talked to that lady like twice throughout both pregnancies so far, <laughs> but, um, but uh, we liked that there's an approach of like midwives and, Um, MDs on this team, I was like, kind of get like um, both sides of the coin kind of, kind of from an information standpoint, a biases standpoint. So um, anyway, you could have helped, you would have been able to be like, oh, I think you would have been good with her with this group, right? And and, that saved us a lot of time and effort.
2: Yeah, I think overall, the best kind of birth is an informed birth. So Hmm. even at that step, um, understanding what the landscape is, what your choices and options are. Start yeah. to get you on the path of making that dono- domino effect of it going away that you have fewer regrets. Yeah. Um, but when you're not informed and it could start off right there with your provider and it not going away where you're, you're meshed. Well, yeah. a lot of times when I have free consultations, I say plainly, you know, when we're about to get off the phone, if you have a bad dream about me, I'm not your, I'm not your doula. I'm not the yeah. one. Yeah. This is such an intimate practice. You don't want to be, you know, tied to someone that you you have this weird feeling about and you have to open up around them. Those two things don't go together. Stress and being relaxed don't go together. So Mm -hmm. you have to really take in mind who your care provider is. And then like you mentioned, um, a lot of times when you're an OB practice or medical practice, they rotate. So you might really like one person and not so much the other into practice for whatever reason. Yeah, and that's one reason a lot of people hire doulas so you have that one person that is consistent. Oh, in
1: that's a good point.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, um, because I don't think we had even ever even met the person that ended up delivering our son, right? Uh, yeah, and, that, and, and to that point, like, um, you know, like we're super open about this, but my wife and I got uh, we had a little bit of a hard time the first go around, um, and had to get and we ended up getting pregnant uh, via IUI. Um, or my wife got pregnant via IUI. And then um they uh but like so I say all that to say like we knew exactly when the conception date was, right? Like there was there was no guesswork around that. And uh so we knew like how far along she was in her pregnancy, and she ended up being um she ended up delivering about a week late, but it was starting to get to the point where like there wasn't necessarily any like red flags going on, but like there's definitely some yellow flags, like things like you know, baby was ready to come and like she they needed there needed to be something to happen. And uh but like the hospital. So we ended up delivering at Northside had a fairly good experience there. And then, um, at uh, but they, this, they were like 20 induction rates behind, like, uh, getting you into the hospital. Right. So like, there's this, they wanted to push us back another week. I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, is it, but then they're like, well, you could go to this hospital. I forget what hospital they recommended. And I was like, do you deliver there? Like, well, we do have some team there, but like, it's not our main hospital. I was like, well, I don't really know anybody else here anyway. Like it's fine, I guess. Like, you know, like that was our thought process. It was like, well, I haven't really met anybody else other than like uh or met the same person twice here. So it's not like I have a super strong relationship with anybody. But we ended up like uh we ended up going with our normal team in the north and north side. They were able to get us in. But um having a having someone like you, having a consistent chess piece in that whole process would have been super helpful because we would have been like yeah let's just go over there and that's not an issue because we have our yeah. person there that's a really good point
2: yeah 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 and then you know we create a birth plan so say you did switch providers in the middle of it you have this document that says these are my wishes you know wherever I go yeah. um and it's the birth plan is just a list of preferences we can't guarantee what happens in the outcome we can't get stuck on what we want so to speak as much as what happens if You know, if I, if I, if I have to face this, this is what I would prefer. And that's what our birth plan looks like.
1: Yeah. Oh man. So it sounds like you do a really good job of, well, one listening for sure. And I can just, I can just (laughs) feel your energy even through zoom on this podcast here, like a very calm, cool, and even keeled throughout the, throughout the entire thing. Um, So like, I would appreciate that for sure. Um, Do you, uh, is that kind of like some of the, uh, the, some of your yoga practice that you do, is that where uh, some of that relationship building begins? Um, Is that how you like, uh, like how do you you kind of tie in some of your yoga practice as a yoga instructor into your doula practices over at Atlanta Birthwork?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question. And I do think, um, you know, my my birthwork teachers have taught me about active listening, but also teaching yoga has made me a teacher in general. So like I talked about, about learning styles, I want to tap into all of them in, in my general classes. And then when I'm talking to a specific person, I want to see what your strongest one is so that you can receive the information. Yeah. Um, and then back to your point of question, I tie it in in many ways. Um, it helps me assess the body. So a lot of times, even if you don't book a yoga session with me, I'm going to have you do yoga poses or short mini sessions so I can see where your alignment is, what Mm. may be some of our complications or hindrances in having a birth, or what can we work on? Um, And then another workshop that I offer is partner prenatal. So a lot of times dad or partner isn't roped into this experience, not only because of the providers and how it's been structured, but um, it's an external experience for you guys, right? Totally. It, yeah. Everything is happening inside of mom. So she feels very connected and intuitive, but for you, you're like, okay, so what's going on in there? Yeah. The
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I, it, that's such a good point that you bring up. Cause it's like, and I get it. Like as the dad, like my role is like, I've already done my role, right? Like I'm just there to be like support. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but man do you feel that at every appointment there's like you know you're you're pretty much just like a piece of furniture at the office right which is is fair it's probably how it should be right but like uh but to your point too man like um when they when they set my son down on like you know I always like felt like a dad's like oh man wife's pregnant right but like as soon as I saw him for the first time because it is all an external process for us like that's when it be it just like life was immediately different, right? immediately, yeah. immediately different from that point forward. And uh I feel like I, I, I mean I don't know, but like from talking with my wife, like um that feeling that I got was what she got. The like the moment she felt like she she knew she was pregnant and started feeling the her
2: flutters, change.
1: yeah, feeling yeah. those flutters happen, right? And like like uh, she felt a kick for the first time with her. We're pregnant with our second one. She felt a kick for the first time not too long ago, and she was like, "Ooh." right like and that's such a that's such a and then like after pregnancy she missed being able to be the only one feeling our son like uh feeling our son kind of like move around that's such a intimate moment but like dads don't or uh the partners don't get that right like um, yeah, yeah. and they don't get that moment until until everything's external right so that's such a good point that you bring up there
2: yeah um old wives tale back to the um back to my brand but old wives tales say that kids come out looking like that so that you feel that immediate Mm -hmm. gravitation to them you know so you have that chemical bond with them immediately (laughs) yeah
1: oh my gosh he definitely looked like he had like my like uh like stare i guess right like 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 a like a like a uh an intense look to him when he was first born like what is this place
2: (laughs) yeah yeah so partner prenatal yoga teaches dads or partners some of the comfort measures um And then mom gets to advocate. So like if we're doing tree pose and you're leaning too much to the left, mom is quickly going to say, oh, no, 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 I'm going to (laughs) fall. (laughs) So now you're not so um, edgy about her saying you're doing something wrong or something like that, Um, which becomes very sensitive in the birth room because you want to be doing it right. You want to be assisting and you feel so powerless that your partner is going through something that's so strenuous and you can't jump in there and do it, especially, um, uh, my dads who have that testosterone built up. That's, that's kind of how it works. It's tangible. Yeah. But when you can't see the thing to fix, it's like, what am I doing? I, I, <laughs> I'm just going to step out for a second and come back. in.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Cause like, and rightfully so, but like, man, do that delivery process, right. Or that labor process, like, you're seeing a side of you're seeing the side of your partner that you've never seen before, right? And exactly. uh, and, it's, and it's 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 and it's not a bad side by any means. It's just a very like primal, if that's the right word to yeah. say. Like yes, a very absolutely. primal side. And it's like uh and you're right, man, like you can feel super powerless, like, ooh, I don't what well, what do I do?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just tossed me the ball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Tell me where to go. Where do I stand? Like... <laughs>
2: oh Yeah, man. so partner prenatal kind of it doesn't do everything, but it takes the edge off. Um, I do like of that a game, lot. Yeah, of game day, as I say. So yeah, that you don't feel so. I do like the so- idea of
1: like having some like knowing what it's like for your partner to say you're doing something wrong. Like I think, or like working through those communication cues is like a uh, that's great. I love that. um Yeah. So then, do you change like if somebody's in like a pre uh, prenatal yoga class like? do those classes change as they get closer to pregnancy? Um, are they built out that way or is it kind of focused or like, how do you kind of structure your prenatal workouts for someone or yoga classes for someone?
2: So my classes are on a six week series, um, which means I get to know the group intimately for six weeks. Um, and then the first class I do a belly check. So, a uh, what's the word I use? Um, belly partner check. So, (laughs) <laughs> who's ever in their first trimester all raises their hands and that's kind of your partner right uh, and then cool. when I yeah. go, when, and then whenever we go through the classes I will cue for our different groups to be doing different things so if you're later in pregnancy you're probably not doing as much as someone in the first stage or the middle stage Mm-hmm. I'll say because in that middle stage you have more energy the first stage you're kind of nauseous the later stage you're just ready to get it over with you know <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
1: for sure so you yeah. can
2: you can look over to your belly partner and you can listen for the cues of the group but I keep it like that so like I said I can get to know this intimate group from the beginning we can go through it all together regardless of where you are in the pregnancy I can cue for who's in the room
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, and then yeah. that, uh, that partnership too, that can get, to, uh, by having somebody else that's similar to you, right. Or at least similar along as, as you, right. Like, uh, that can be super helpful because like as supportive as I try to be as like the actual, like physical partner, or like the, the her, my wife's partner, right. Like, uh, I can't go through i don't know what it feels like to be 20 weeks pregnant right like um, i can't i can't share those emotions or those feelings with you right um so i love the idea of having a belly uh a belly partner too that's great
2: yeah yeah and as you know as much as we can prepare for we do but i think the biggest benefit of prenatal yoga is having a community there's not many rooms that pregnant women are going to walk in and the majority of the people are pregnant so it does also become like an isolated experience when you come to prenatal yoga everybody's pregnant except yeah. for me. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you come in and it feels, you know, like you're part of a community and you, yeah. you get joyous about
1: that. Oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah. And then does that, do you have any like postnatal yoga that, that they can transfer over or like they can uh, not transfer over into you, but progress into, I guess you can say, um, after the delivery process.
2: Yeah. So part of the women's wellness special, uh, 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 program is that you transition into baby and me and then mommy and me Mm. and then you can also do postpartum recovery or restorative yoga with me nice so um so that's how you transition back into yoga so after your six weeks or however it takes for you to heal Mm -hmm. you can bring baby back with you and that again introduces you to the new parents and reintroduces that community to you yeah. Um our older parents can bring their kids which is mommy and me which you would bring your 1 year old the ones yeah. that are walking around <laughs> Nice oh
1: yeah that never makes it that's that's like a I don't I think that would be easier or harder than like yoga like I've heard about like goat yoga before right where like yeah, they're, yeah, it's yeah. like jumping on you right <laughs> like I think that would be easier than having a toddler yoga running around
2: like <laughs> it, It's <laughs> so special, though. Is, yeah. You know, kids mock your energy. So as much as they might be not doing any of what you're doing in class, by the time you get to Shavasana, their energy has dropped to that level, even if they're not completely still. And it's just a beautiful thing to watch. Oh,
1: man. You know, that, that's such a cool point that you bring up because I have a, um, so I have a really close friend who's got a three and a five-year-old. And the five-year-old at their elementary school, they have like uh, um, yoga that they can partake in. Mm-hmm and yeah. he and like he loves yoga loves it right like he gets into all the poses and like uh, my buddy talked about his energy levels changing and everything so like that's 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 a super interesting point that that you bring up i'll be really curious to see man i want to get my wife to go what do you do with people that got two kids can they go do the mommy and me class at the beginning and then the toddler later on
2: yeah absolutely or you can all join in the family yoga class
1: oh nice okay Yep. Okay.
2: and that's mom, dad, grandma, zero to a hundred years old. Any oh, age. cool.
1: Yeah, oh, that's so. And cool. then,
2: like i mentioned, the um, restorative yoga or postpartum recovery that would be separate from kids. Sometimes you need a mommy break. So <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> re- repair your body, kind of separate from this experience, too.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good point. That, and I actually do like how you uh, have a class that can just be like for the newborn and the mom too. Because uh, I'm just yeah. thinking about it from like um from my wife's perspective and some of the conversations that we've had like um it like it's it's like uh we have a toddler now right so then the idea of like being so like that first week that we had where it was just the three of us right like that was such a special moment and like you're probably like that's gonna be super tough to get with like a toddler around it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just a different experience right so um exactly. being able to have a moment like a like a postpartum uh, yoga class where you can take your kid or your, your newborn with you right And it's just you your newborn like I can see that being a very special 45 minutes hour however long you, you structure it for that mom and, and the new baby
2: yeah it's a 45 minute bonding experience and like I said even if you're not able to do all of the yoga you're in this community you can breastfeed you can change you can do all the things you do a baby and not feel that judgment that you may feel if you just went to Marshalls or any other store <laughs> with your kid, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and your kid and starts likewise, crying, or yeah. And then, likewise, um, sometimes moms have guilt once they have the new kid and need to re-bond, reintroduce that bond with the older sibling. So having mm-hmm. the mommy and me is also that solo experience. So you don't have so much of that guilt uh, from just caring for the infant.
1: Yeah, that's actually a good point. I know like um, when we first got pregnant, so uh, our, uh, when we got pregnant the second time, excuse me. So our first time getting pregnant took us a super long time I ended up having to go through and get some assistance. I'm sure this isn't going to be an unfamiliar story to you. Uh, yeah. Second time around, bam, pregnant right away. Right. And yep. <laughs> uh, it was like, wow, we barely tried on that time around. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, we obviously know how babies are made, so it wasn't like a complete shock, but it was kind of still a shock and like didn't anticipate to get pregnant that quickly from uh, just from our previous experiences and there was that thought process that my wife vocalized of like, well, I feel like my, like I'm just now starting to get to know Julian with his personality. Yeah. Like how's he gonna <laughs> feel when another one comes around? Like, and, and like, I don't think that's an, un, I don't think that's a, a, a unique thought process to go through either.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, my parents especially call me the Guinea pig child cause I'm the oldest, you know, <laughs> yep. yep. when you're, when you're the first um or, first time parents, you're trying to figure out everything. And that might mean clearing out history physically, emotionally, Mm. and all of that. So sometimes it takes a little while to get pregnant because uh, you haven't been trying or whatever your history is prior. And then once you do that, how my father describes it is once things open, they kind of stay open. Um, And then scientifically, once you have a baby, it takes a while for your cervix to close back completely as to the point you weren't pre having children, right? Right. So your body starts to design for you to have more and more kids. Yeah. <laughs> until you kinda until you kinda shut that off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so I was talking to a patient of mine. He he's got four kiddos, he's like, just wait till that fourth one comes around. He's like, you're just gonna think about getting pregnant and your wife's gonna be pregnant. You're like, how did that happen, right? Like <laughs>
2: body's just ready. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, Jasmine, this has been uh, an awesome conversation. I love your, I love your approach, your energy that you bring to, uh, to the whole process. The, the personalization is so important. Your knowledge of Atlanta and how you can create a personalized uh, experience for somebody in the Atlanta area is so unique to you and your services. If somebody wanted to learn more about who you are or, or like how they can maybe work with you, what would be some cool resources for them?
2: Yeah, they can follow me on anything. Almost um, Atlanta Birthwork. That would be Facebook, um, Instagram, and then my website is atlantabirthwork and my cool. bio is there. My services and all of the above. Yeah. i am also my office is located at the Yoga Hive in uh, North Druid Hill.
1: Okay, awesome. And then uh, last question here. I, I meant to ask this earlier. Do you have to be um, pregnant to come to you any like uh, to come to your prenatal classes, or or like or do you offer classes? For women who are uh, like in that journey of trying to become pregnant or, or like a, or do you or anything like that?
2: So I offer for class two classes for women at all stages. Um, okay. My Wednesdays class um, is a ladies hour yoga class. which is held in the evening and I usually get my younger women and we can focus on fertility and things like that, the everyday woman. And then I have a class on Mondays that's also ladies hour, but it's called ladies hour Two, And it's a more womb healing class. That's for recovery. Women going through menopause or, you know, just general healing in that space. Yeah. That's Um, awesome. They're not necessarily pregnant, but we're still focusing on that women's healing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. I, I I thought you did. I just I just wanted to clarify really quick. So yeah, uh,
2: thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Jasmine, this has been a great episode. Thank you so much for getting on the podcast. Um, like I said, I truly do love your energy that you bring to the podcast on your knowledge and, and everything else. So um, thank you so much and uh, appreciate your time. Yeah, I
2: really enjoyed this.
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athlete's Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.